0: Hi, everybody, Sorry. and welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew.
1: We're back! And we're back! We're better than ever!
0: We're back. This is episode 122, and things have changed a little things bit.
1: Things have been a in Bob yeah. Dylan style.
0: Yeah, the times, they are a changing. So, I, I guess the first, probably biggest announcement in terms of the podcast, and strictly the podcast, is that after we wrapped up uh, last episode, Tracy had to let us know that she was not going to be able to continue joining us as a regular host. Now, of course, all for good reasons, she's doing very well and work and it's been she's been very busy and she's planning a wedding next fall so that's really just sucking up all of her time so understandable she will join us kind of periodically as a guest host but uh right now it is dude and i oh lord have mercy i'm curious to, as to why you use that phrase considering you don't think <laughs> there's a lord but
1: no not even that a little bit yeah, uh, very
0: ironic.
1: I was, Tracy just straight up was like, "Screw you guys, I'm going home." He was like, "Bye, you are home. That's where. That's where you are." As you're talking to us
0: from, that's fine. So the, obviously that the first change. Second change, obviously the biggest for me is that I am now a father to a you procreated. F- to, yeah, someone let that happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't totally know. I did. don't know who. I'm certain. Once again, I'm certain people have lost money on bets. But oh, yeah. but I did procreate up
1: student loan debts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I am debts, now Carl style. Yeah, now the, now the father of a five-week-old. So, as a result, uh, I have a little, little less free time uh, than before. So I, is, that,
1: is that an understatement, or is it really just a little? Or are you just like, well, there goes my free time?
0: Uh, it's actually somewhere in the middle, I'll be honest. Yeah, and he's what still, have you
1: noticed is the biggest change?
0: Honestly, probably the less free time and the fact that I'm responsible for another... You know, human being now.
1: Whereas before, you were just responsible for cats,
0: right? And they're fairly self-sufficient.
1: Yeah, they're less stressful.
0: Yeah, there have been a few times where, like, every time I touch the kid, it, he just started crying.
1: Oh, which I mean, you should be used to it at this point because every time you go near a lot of people, they start crying.
0: Yeah, it's a different kind of crying, though. Like, like it's, <laughs> it's a, different, a
1: different kind of crying.
0: I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's a different like. You know, like they're doing it more out of out of like fear and being creeped out. He's just doing it because you know he's got shit in his pants.
1: <laughs> he, has, he has no words.
0: Right, he has no words, and he's got shit in his pants and he doesn't like it.
1: How are the cats responding to the new the new
0: critter? They they give no fucks. At all. They do not care. Do they jump in the crib at all or they just don't even bother? No um Kaylee jumped in there once before he was born, but other than that, they really haven't Done anything?
1: You should probably say what the name of your your son is for those who have not been following us on Facebook, yeah, so just, just so we know.
0: So my son is Malcolm Andrew. I'll probably end a Is up that, the is that
1: name significant in some way? Or is that how'd you come up with Malcolm? Who came up with Malcolm?
0: So Becky had a list kind of going, and. To be fair, some of that list was kind of was somewhat generated based on like what pop culture show she was watching at the time. <laughs> so so this reference is Firefly, Captain ah, Mal- Malcolm okay. Reynolds. Now, having said that, it was also one of those. We wanted a, a unique name. And uh, you know, Malcolm is the only like baby name list that appears on is like names that people should use that are that are slowly dying away. Ah,
1: yeah. No, I would definitely. So, it, it is fa- a fairly underused name. In fact, someone at one point asked me what Malcolm is short for. I was like <laughs> Malcolm.
0: Yeah. It's just- yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep.
1: Is there a short version of Malcolm? Mal? Like, Mal? Mal, yeah. You don't want to go around being called Com.
0: Well, there is Colm Meany from Star Trek DS9. That's that's true. Colm? Yeah, C-O-L-M. And I think his full full name is Malcolm. Okay, that works. So, at any rate, as a result of this this change in lifestyle, we'll call it. (laughs) It's an understatement. Your
1: change in lifestyle, yeah.
0: Yeah. We're going to be changing the format of the podcast a bit. Again, mostly just to accommodate, well, no Tracy and less free time for me. So we are still and the gl- fact that
1: I I don't accept any responsibility for anything ever.
0: Well yeah that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say on that. One. Mm-hmm. So we are still going to be keeping the podcast weekly, but we are going to be doing more of a, of a shorter format news kind of podcast. And then about once a month we're going to be doing a longer hour-ish long episode. That's a little bit more informative, a little more like research based, not quite to the extent of Orwell, though some some of the episodes will be that. They're going to be more kind of a specific topic and, and informative. So I think the first one we're actually going to be doing is a history of Star Trek as a franchise, given the forthcoming premiere of Star Trek Discovery.
1: What is that date, by the way?
0: I believe it is September 24th, I think. Let's, let's look here. Release date, September 24th. Mm, okay. So, you know, like said, with that in mind, we are going to cover a few news stories because we have been gone for about six weeks while I have been dealing with child
1: and i've been just goofing off right we'll have
0: Definitely. a we're, we're, i think we'll have it actually a little bit of an extended uh what we've been into session because there's been a, <laughs> lot, a lot of time has, ha- has passed more. yeah well i mean to be fair we don't really do anything differently no not like, even a little bit <laughs> there have been some some decent news stories though while we have been gone
1: yes yeah, stuff happened
0: so probably the 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 oldest the first one that came up was that Netflix has purchased the rights to Mark Miller's Miller World. So for people who are unfamiliar, the the Miller World is basically his comic book universe. I don't know if it's actually all connected or not, but uh, it's the same one that does Kick-Ass. It does MPH.
1: Is Nemesis a part of that?
0: Nemesis is a part of that. Mark Millar's got some really good work in there. Personally, I think he's a little hit and miss. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm inclined to agree. But I liked Kickass. I thought Nemesis was kind of weird.
0: Nemesis is kind of weird. I know a lot of people who really liked, including Tracy, really liked MPH.
1: I don't think I've checked that one out yet.
0: I, I have not personally either. But this is kind of a, a bigger deal for Netflix. They're no longer just reliant on Marvel for superhero kind of stuff. And... Mm-hmm. Miller's stuff tends to be a bit more violent and a bit darker than your standard. Yeah, Miller Marvel.
1: definitely takes chances.
0: Yeah, I mean, he you know he did even when with his Marvel work because he wrote Civil War,
1: right? Which you know we here at the podcast enjoyed. Yeah, with a couple exceptions.
0: Sure. One more issue would have been really good, so they didn't have to end it in three pages. (laughs) That's really our major complaint. Yep, basically. But yeah, so that's kind of like I said, that's a big one for for Netflix. I'm curious to see what they decide to run with first. Mm. So, I mean, obviously Kick-Ass has already been done. Yes. I personally would kind of think MPH, I think it was more popular than Nemesis, but Nemesis could also work.
1: It could. I mean, it would be... All right. MP, Nemesis would be one hell of a way to introduce everyone to that universe. That's for sure. Because I, even though I wasn't a fan big fan i wasn't really a fan of nemesis at all that first issue was pretty uh pretty nuts how should we say attention getting <laughs> yeah yeah it was pretty attention getting i don't know anything about mph so i mean, it could still be just as good as a uh, candidate as any other one
0: yeah i think if miller i'm not sure these are details but i think miller's still still writing stuff in this this miller world mm-hmm. so as he does i think that will also give netflix more more material to work with too and there's more than just nemesis and mph that's just what's coming to mind right this second sure same yeah so moving Even closer to to our current moment here, a few unfortunate occurrences. The actor who, who originally played Godzilla, the man in the suit... Haru Nakajima passed away which that's actually pretty disappointing that you know you and I you especially are a huge Godzilla fan
1: yeah it's strange when this guy died a couple weeks ago I remember seeing him like a whole bunch of the other guys who played Godzilla including this guy were all at New York Comic Con I think in 2014 and our our mutual friend Chris got them all to sign like these big posters and I just wasn't aware that they were there so I wasn't like prepared to get anything or have anything signed by them and I remember seeing one of them going, wow, this guy's really old. This is probably the last chance I'm ever going to have to get something signed by him. And sure enough, three years later, he dies. Right. I'm thinking, well, there's a missed opportunity.
0: Well, the, but like, is it you you being the, the big Godzilla fan, he really brought a lot of personality to that costume, that, that rubber suit. And he even talks about yeah. in some of the special features... I have the the Criterion collection of Godzilla. You know, he talks about how he purposefully moves and things like that in order to give the rubber suit a sense of character. It was was really interesting to hear someone who, while Godzilla at the time, the first one was, you know, actually a fairly big production for Japan. Hmm. You know, what what we generally consider to be a kind of a a schlocky B-movie, you know, monster movie. Now. Yeah. Yeah, now. The amount of care and effort this man put into it and thought into the character really was kind of impressive.
1: Very much so. And people have to remember that the very first Godzilla movie, the Gojira movie from 1954, was up for a Japanese Oscar. Like, it lost to Seven Samurai. Yeah. So that's like a big deal. Like Today we see it as a schlocky B movie, especially for most Americans who are familiar with the film through the re-edit that added Raymond Burr that made it even more schlocky, especially nowadays. Yeah. But back then, it was a a really compelling, serious film that was trying to get a point across with this monster allegory. Yeah. And just think about how impactful Cloverfield was in 2008, 2009, whenever that came out. That was kind of like what Godzilla was like in 54.
0: Yeah, I I think people forget exactly how much plot and thought and feeling went into the original godzilla film you and i've talked about mm-hmm. before there's the scene with the the mother and the two children saying close your eyes we'll see father soon
1: yeah well i mean i was always found the sequences where the uh i believe it was the wives or the family members of the missing fishermen were coming up to the coast guard stations to try and figure out what happened to them like those are really compelling scenes yeah even today real quick Keeping with the unfortunate losses, also during our absence, we lost two comedic pioneers, uh, Jerry Lewis and Dick Gregory. Jerry Lewis was a, a real comic genius in the 50s and 60s and even a, a film pioneer. He was one of the guys who invented the system where directors could film something and then like watch it immediately on a playback to see if they liked the take or not. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, he was a really inventive guy. And Dick Gregory, a civil rights activist and pioneering black comedian, who really was a trailblazer for a lot of black comedians who would come later, like Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and all these other guys, he was one of the first to really cut through a lot of the prejudice that existed at the time. One of the stories I remember about Gregory was The Tonight Show, before it was hosted by Johnny Carson, was hosted by a guy named Jack Parr. And Jack Parr would have comedians on, and then he'd let the comedians sit on the couch and he would interview him really quickly but anytime he had a black comedian on, the black comedian would come out do his bit and then leave and Parr wouldn't talk to him. So when Jack Parr's show reached out to Dick Gregory and asked him if he would want to do a Tonight Show spot Gregory turned him down and Parr called Gregory up personally and said you know, this is Jack Parr, how come you won't do my show and Gregory's exact words to him or at least I think the words were, you know I hear you don't let Negroes sit on the couch and Jack Parr basically said, "All right, if you want to sit on the couch you can and Gregory came out did his set and then sat on the couch and talked to Jack Parr he was the first one to ever do that nice so he really was a trailblazer so you know rest in peace Jerry Lewis and Dick Gregory
0: yeah you know there was one, th- one of the things with Jerry Lewis I've always heard like the French had a weird obsession with him
1: they did that's like totally a fact I mean that's the thing is Lewis in his day was I think a comedic genius
0: well I mean, he's, he did but- I can't I'm, I'm drawing blanks on the on some of them, but. I know there are, like, iconic comedic films he's a part of.
1: I think the most obvious one to our generation is The Nutty Professor, only because Eddie Murphy remade it in the 90s. True. But he's done other things. Like, most of his big movies he did were in the 50s and 60s. I just have, like, a list of them up on Rotten Tomatoes. You have Ladies' Man in 1961. You have The Nutty Professor in 63. Arizona Odream is in 93. He's a little bit older. The Caddy in 53. Family Jewels in 65. The Patsy in 64. It's a Mad, 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 mad world in 63. That's the one I models of. in 55. He's done a bunch of them. Just, you know, the guy peaked 50 years ago. Sure. But you know, he kept working. I mean, he, he was working almost up until the year he died. He was 91 when he passed away. Yeah. I think Gregory was 89.
0: So once again, speaking of unfortunate deaths, recently, I said recently, probably in the last, one of them was about two weeks ago, actually two weeks ago, I think today, and another one was a couple weeks before that, is we've 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 seen a few deaths of, of stunt people. And to me, that's a little interesting to have two so close together. So we had one, one died in a motorcycle accident on the set of Deadpool 2, and mm-hmm. then another one, I believe, fell on the set of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I think what actually gets me even more is right, th- these aren't like small-time, low-budget productions. No, certainly not. Like these are major productions that had these kinds of accidents. And it, it's starting to make me wonder a little bit, is there any kind of re-evaluation that needs to be done with what these performers are having to do? As movies have gone on, we as the, the movie-going public have demanded more and more in terms of action sequences and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably... Five to ten years ago, we started getting a little wary of the excessive amount of CGI involved. And so a number of directors have started going back to practical effects and stunts as much as possible. And I'm starting Mm -hmm. to wonder if this is kind of the consequence of that shift back?
1: Well, I think it's inevitable any time human beings do something with other people that could potentially be dangerous, bad things are going to happen. Generally speaking, Hollywood is pretty good about keeping their stunt people safe. It's not a good business model to kill your talented stunt people, and this happens every now and again. So I can think of a couple famous cases where actors in particular, stunt people in particular get killed. I think the most famous one was the Twilight Zone movie was being directed by John Landis, where a prop helicopter crashed and killed an actor and two child actors or something like that years later brendan lee was killed on set i can remember the guy who played Ares on hercules and xeno warrior princess he was killed in a stunt in hong kong and then you have to think you know guys like jackie chan whose career has been doing practical stunts injures himself all the time yeah on set so unfortunately these are just things that happen and i i've feel that it's more a coincidence that this has happened, these these two two tragic events happen in such close proximity to one another. Because I have a feeling we'll go four or five years before we have, you know, even something remotely newsworthy on this front.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, You know, when you have a major accident of some kind, like a major train accident or whatnot, everybody goes back and reevaluates how they're doing business. Of course. And I'm wondering, you know, are we going to see that? We say, oh, yeah, it'll be four or five years before we see that. We would go back, we reevaluate business, and then it slowly drops off. Mm -hmm. I mean, think like Tom
1: Cruise in the last Mission Impossible film. I thought that was a CGI scene where he's hanging off the side of the plane. Nope. He was hanging off the side of that plane.
0: Yeah. To be fair, Tom Cruise is kind of nuts. Like when it comes to that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, he is completely insane. But it was pretty. cool. I mean, I basically saw that movie just to see that.
0: There was there was a point because I, I was watching. Well, when we were seeing a lot of movies, there was like a, there was like a, mm-hmm. a two month period where you and I saw like six or seven movies, like for the podcast in like a two and a half month period yeah. or something, they kept showing an extended preview of the Tom Cruise mummy film that just like tanked. But they were talking about one of the guys that say, you know, like they do a stunt with Tom Cruise and Tom would like just bounce right back. i be like, all right, let's do it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's him. I guess he does. I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that, but that's just me.
0: That's because he's two feet tall.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's basically it. We have to make him look taller. Yeah, he's really a hobbit.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he he is actually what like five six.
1: Yeah, five six five seven something yeah, like that. He's really short. <laughs> he's Short dude. Uh, and My then, buddy Rich is five eight. He always goes, yeah, at least I'm taller than Tom Cruise."
0: Nice. I say, and the last thing I, I have is uh, in the last couple of days the ed screen who played francis in deadpool had accepted a role in hellboy uh, and has since declined that role due to the fact that uh, there was a fair amount of controversy over his being a a, generally speaking a white actor playing a role that was of a mixed race part asian yeah so so what what do you think about that because we've talked a little bit about whitewashing especially like ghost in the shell that was almost very literal literal whitewashing oh well ghost in the shell, I think, is a
1: such a case of a just unique proportion of how bad they did that. That was just awful. I don't know much about that. I mean, the first time you mentioned this to me, I was like, who the hell is Ed Screed? And then you're like, oh, he was the bad guy from Deadpool. And then I thought, well, that's funny. When I saw the bad guy from Deadpool, my first thought was who the hell is this guy? But... <sighs> I, I really have like no real impactful opinion on this stuff anymore. I really think that actors should just play whoever the heck you want, whoever, whatever the heck they want to play. And I think this outrage machine in almost every facet of our society has gotten so out of hand and I very rarely find it valid or meaningful. And I just think it's super weird that a very, what I believe it was a fairly small group of people. I didn't even hear about this. So it clearly didn't make, you know, the big mainstream news is because I've, feel like I would've heard about it if, it if it had widespread appeal. This didn't seem to like, these people like pushed the guy out of his job. That just seems weird to me. I just, why, why, why would we do this? Why do we think this is okay now? The guy was an actor, he's a British actor. I mean, honestly, I feel like the topic no one's talking about is how many British actors we are hiring and where the hell are the American actors to fill this void. Because almost all of our male leads and supporting actors seem to be coming from the Commonwealth. Just That's the way it seems to me. So for the most part, I'm sorry to see him go. I'm sorry he, he lost a role that he could very well be good in. Hopefully the studio handles this better, but I Think this is weird that we're gonna go through a precedent of checking off the proportionality of a cast based on their ethnic and racial makeup. Something about that rubs me the wrong way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just I was a little surprised by it. I have read some BPRD, not a ton, and what I have read, I didn't really get a huge introduction to the character he was supposed to play. But I think based on the fact that it's Mike Mignola's art, I had absolutely no idea that the character was supposed to be like any kind of mixed race. I,
1: in fact, yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about the the whole. I didn't know anything about the source material either i didn't well, I, I,
0: say, I want to say looking at some of the issues i would have actually guessed like hispanic at best uh-huh. and some of that some of that is just the way that the book you know it's bprd so it's tended to be colored fairly darkly but yeah that's what sure. i would have guessed at not would not have guessed it at asian and like oh okay i, I guess all right this is a thing
1: i get i mean part of me just wonders does this stuff really affect the bottom line in a positive way? Or even in a, in a measurable way? Because we talked about Ghost in the Shell earlier in the year. That was just not a good, a very good movie. It just wasn't. And then just recently we had Dark Tower which I didn't really watch where they also changed the ethnicity of the lead character. I'm sure that ticked off some people. But guess what? That movie didn't do well either. So I feel like what it comes down to write a good movie, cast good actors and all will be forgiven. And the people who have an agenda will be Seen to have an agenda and I feel comfortable in ignoring them. That's that would just be my take on the whole thing.
0: Okay. So dude, what have you been doing? I've just into? been dicking
1: off playing Star Trek online. That's really it.
0: Yes. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. How is like, that treating just, you?
1: It's treating me well. I think I'm gonna have to up the difficulty level because um I haven't really died unless I did something obviously stupid. <laughs> and I, I've done a few things obviously stupid, but I knew that going in. I'm just having a really hard time getting more bridge officers without paying for them. Yeah. Bridge officer slots. I took a trip to the East Coast where I saw the play version of 1984, that was actually kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah? Yes. And I enjoyed that. It was very good. What I found really interesting, i got to spend more time working on it, because I bought the script. It was like the last one in the, in the theater, is their whole premise is that they are adapting the appendix of 1984, and not so much 1984 itself. So what, what do you mean, the their appendix? Interpre- so at the end of the book, there's an appendix at the end that describes the principles of newspeak, okay. and the, cr- the creators of the play, 1984 have basically taken that appendix more as a epilogue and are adapting based on the information given in that appendix. So they take it as given that Winston Smith's diary somehow survives into the far-flung future and is used as a way of understanding the past. So go back and listen to the podcast that Tracy and I did on both the Handmaid's Tale book and Handmaid's Tale show, a la like that Margaret Atwood style where the last chapter is kind of a look back. So that's kind of the way they interpreted it. And I, glancing over the appendix real quick, I did it real quickly after seeing the play. You know, they, they, they do have enough in the appendix to support that theory. I'm not sure I agreed with it, but I thought it definitely did capture the spirit, like a B-plus capturing the spirit of, of the book. And Olivia Wilde played Julia in it. Okay. Living Wild from House, and a few other things. And I I thought it did pretty good. And Wednesday, I plan on seeing a double feature of uh, Atomic Bond and Valerian, because I did not see them when they came out. So I'm seeing them for free on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to ask what you thought of Valerian but obviously you you can't tell me yet.
1: I'll tell you next week because I plan on seeing a double feature for free because that's the way I roll. Nice.
0: Yeah, I got to get, you know, we talked about this, you know, depending on how how much time I have available to me about trying to maybe get this back into Star Trek Online because I actually have like a lifetime subscription to it because I I bought bought it when the game came out because I was like, all right, here's an MMO that I'm down with. And I have
1: to say, I really enjoy it. It's fun to play single player.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. I played the ever-loving crap out of that when I was in uh, training for work. When I was at school, I would come home. I come home I from like eight, eight to ten hours. Mm-hmm. No, that was actually that was when I when I was like hardcore playing. It was actually before you even lived with me. It was when oh, I, okay. it was when my sister and Kyle were living with me. Oh god! And uh, my sister had basically taken over the television, and I just went up into my room, shut the door, and played <laughs> for like four or five hours a night. Went to bed, got up, went to work, did the same thing.
1: Yep. I want to see if I can convince my brother to play with me. I haven't figured out how to like play with other people. I've done it a few times. He and I Steel Oceans.
0: It's been a Is while since I pl- No it's just it's been a long time since I played and I know they've changed the client some. Mm, yeah,
1: they've they've changed it up a bit because I've been watching YouTube videos of old footage and it yeah. looks
0: different. Yeah.
1: I'm just looking forward to getting an Akira class. That's what I'm working up towards. I want that Akira class.
0: Yeah, I I am pretty sure my my primary ship was a Sovereign class. That was using a, a destroyer. Those things, like mm. destroyers in that game, because they're the uh they're kind of the the tanks. They will sit and just take a pounding. The little ones? No, the soft like the big the cruisers.
1: Oh, the big sovereign. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, cruisers will sit and take a pounding. Like the uh, the escorts, the they'll do a, they'll do yeah. a shit ton of damage. But mm-hmm. you, you got to watch out because if you if you're not careful, you will get kicked in the junk real quick.
1: Oh, kind of like the glass cannon syndrome.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Not quite that bad, but a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was. I see it. There was a point. I think I got a defiant class, and that was mm. the point where I'm like, okay, I need to I need to sh- I need to switch things up a little bit because I just like I got my teeth kicked in a few times. You get a little beefy. Yeah let's let's see you know surprisingly with the kid around i have actually taken in a lot of media really? in, in part that was because i spent the first two week two and a half weeks of his life sitting on the couch you know basically <laughs> alternating between helping feed him and keeping him asleep i'll tell you what the kid only sleeps like three to four hours at a shot but he'll sleep through fucking anything <laughs>
1: I, ran, really
0: I, ran, I ran i ran i ran the off. i ran the vacuum i like I, I watched the fucking matrix while he was taking a nap yeah all kinds of shit mm. becky and i got through the first three and a half seasons of of <laughs> almost almost three seasons of uh star trek next generation together because she had never watched it so we basically sat and binged watched it and that sounds like fun it it was especially because i forget how quickly it gets good the quality of writing of that show uh, the last time i sat down and really watched it
1: was about a year and a half ago when i was staying at a hotel and i was watching like bbc america was just running them like three shots at a time four shots at a time quality of writing on that show in those mid-seasons was really good
0: honestly i mean like the seventh season is just spectacular! Mm. Like that is an example of a show that went on and went out on a high note.
1: Yeah, especially after seven seasons, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, my um. brother.
1: Was telling me that he recently watched, uh, been watched, uh, Deep Space Nine because that's his favorite series.
0: That, that is also my favorite. I just figured we'd start with Next Gen with for Becky.
1: Yeah, he was going like, "Can I get Benjamin Cisco and Benjamin Cisco's motherfucking pimp hand?" <laughs> he, was, he was like, "Okay, no, he, like Benjamin Cisco, I get
0: it." Yeah, no, no, I love, I, I love me some some Ben Cisco. That's actually one of the things we'll talk about when we when we do the the in depth. But I mean, like yeah. they went through, they went through a hell of a writers room those first two seasons. Like they, there was a lot of purging. Mm. Like a. Lot. Did you
1: notice? Know My brother brought this up. He... Tell me if this is correct or not, because I don't remember. He said that Ben Sisko is the only captain who actually, like, faded away or died at the end of his series. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't—he I mean, he, he told me that, and it blew my mind. Well, I mean, Kirk
0: doesn't. Picard doesn't. Right. Uh, Sisko does. Janeway doesn't, because she gets home. Well, right. like, I mean, Janeway—there's the future version of Janeway that dies, but Janeway doesn't. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Enterprise, he doesn't, because, I mean, you see him ten years later at the end of the right.
1: show. And he becomes Admiral Archer, so— Yep, there you go. Yeah, interesting. Blew my mind.
0: Anyway, so I've done that. Watched watched a, a number of movies. Like just like rewatching random stuff. Mm. That was a lot of fun. Watched a bunch of Disney movies and stuff. Uh, I just finished a, an audiobook on the Crusades. Oh, yeah, it was interesting. It was like an, like an entire history of the Crusades. Damn, uh, things after like for, after the Third Crusade start getting weird.
1: Yeah, I remember that from history class. I don't <laughs> but, know the details, like like the, the, but the fit, I do the remember it fifth and,
0: weird. The fifth and what is effectively the sixth crusade basically go hang out in Egypt yeah
1: well didn't one of them get as far as Constantinople and then just stop uh
0: yeah basically that was the fourth crusade I think okay yeah I remember that one yeah they like, didn't they didn't really get along with the uh the the Byzantine Greeks like at yep, all yep uh they so th-
1: sacked Constantinople didn't they
0: I don't think th- I don't think so oh, I don't think so okay okay no they, they were really pissed after the Greeks d- didn't come didn't come to their aid during the first crusade oh okay like they were on the way and then and someone's like, no, no, they got wiped out. So the Greeks turned around when they hadn't been mm. wiped out. I was like, oh, that that didn't go well then. Uh, so there was that. And then I just started doing a fantasy book called *The Black Prism* by Brent Weeks. So an, mm. a, a number of people I know have recommended it. Uh, Corey, Mitch, and uh, Padilla mm. have all have all recommended it. So I, I picked that up as an audio book. I've, I've been also playing the crap out of Star Trek timelines on my phone.
1: Yeah, me too. That's what got me into Star Trek online.
0: Yeah, it was one of those like, oh, this look, this looks kind kind of fun and then like I yeah I've just been especially because I've had time you know you set set them on like three-hour missions and I can come I'm at work yep I come back you know I'm at work I go poop take my phone with me yep you know and there then you
1: like you get the little Star Trek like alert on your phone.
0: Now, uh, see, I, I have I basically have all the alerts turned off. Also, because I'm down in the bottom of a barge, cell phone mm-hmm. reception is sketchy at best.
1: Oh, I'm at the I'm on the top floor of my building, and it's still shit. Nice. Oh yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. There's some sort of cell net over my base. Not happening. Yeah.
0: And then uh, last thing I I, did, I picked up. There's a couple. Of, uh, was a whole. There's a number of them, but they started putting out nicer versions of a couple of mangas for Legend of Zelda. Really. Yeah, so I picked up the Ocarina of Time one.
1: You gotta let me know how that is, because I know I've got a couple friends who really like Zelda. Never been my thing, but I didn't even know they made a manga version of it.
0: Yeah, I want to say like, they're not like super new, but maybe like 2010-ish. Mm-hmm. Um. So far, I'm really enjoying it. they are really only a couple that I wanted to read. That one, Link to the Past. Oh, <laughs> I get it? I get it. Yep. Yep. Those are the ones I really, really wanted to read, so I'll, I'll love to see how those go. Alrighty. All right, I think that's that's all we've got, so...
1: I'm out. I'm gassed. I'm gassed like Conor McGregor fighting Floyd Medweather. That's, I'm gassed.
0: <laughs> nice. Hi right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to com. Check out our blog posts and our podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. <laughs> Once again, I'm Andrew.
1: I'm the dude.
0: And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. All right.